Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome back. I think this is what week four or four. five that uh, four, we've yeah. been been doing this, and it is uh, it's been exciting. Today is going to be, I think, another great day. Um, I do want to talk about something before we before we get into things today. Um, I, I know that I get all kinds of feedback about about uh, what we're doing. Uh, it, some people are just absolutely loving it, and you know they're head over heels. And then others are are like, eh, I don't know. You know, some some people get mad about some things. I, I get all that. Uh, but my my ten year old granddaughter last night let me know that what we're doing. She goes, Pappy, that's not church. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, okay. And, and Juna, I know that you're watching me uh, right now, and I'm calling you out. Um, but but uh, she she said it's not like church. It's it's like a meeting. Yeah. And so I guess we're going to have a meeting today. <laughs> Let's do and, it. Uh, uh, but but I I do understand the sentiment because we're so used to having church. We do yeah. we do church. You know, we have a certain way that we do it. Um, but. I, you know, I think where I'm at right now with where we are and what we're doing, uh, I'm a little tired of doing church. I think there's some other things that need to be done, some things that need to be looked at. And we've been doing church for a very long time, uh, mm-hmm. me especially in this group. Um, but look where we are. And, and so maybe instead of doing church, we really need to have some conversation about being yeah. the church. Yeah. And so I want to start today with a passage of Scripture out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I, I love this. It's uh, from the message uh, transliteration. It says, By means of His one Spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. I'll give you a little little Greek thing here. Partial and piecemeal, it really means prejudice and preferences. Mm, At some point, we lay down our prejudices and our preferences. You know, one of the things that that separates our churches are preferences. I prefer this, or I like this, or, you know, and it gets into a consumerism. It gets into, uh, here's what I like, here's what I don't like. And so we start making spiritual decisions on these kinds of things. But Paul is saying, hey, by, because of this one spirit, the spirit of Jesus in us, we said goodbye to those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes I think we pick them back up and say, hello, you know, and we, we, it needs to be gone. We each used to independently call our own shots. But then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. That's a powerful statement. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body, does your part mean anything? Wow. That is strong. Yeah, strong. And, and, and so our independence betrays us. Our prejudices and our, our preferences, they betray us because we're missing out on something that God wants to do. And, and, and we're in the middle of what I think is the, the biggest spiritual battle in the life of the church in the last hundred years, at least in our country, maybe even longer. And this is a spiritual problem. 
it's a sin problem. I think it's a demonic problem yeah. that, that the seeds of, of Satan have been sown in such a way that only through our unity and the power of God's Holy Spirit are we going to be able to deal with the things that exist. And so, so we're making a big shift today. We're moving away from talking just about where culture is in our country and, and the things that are, are, are taking place in our country, which, uh, which are grave and, and, and very challenging. But we're shifting now to the church. We're going to talk about the church. And, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because um, these conversations that we're having and will continue to have really stem from our friendship. Right. Uh, we we are beyond just being friendly with each other. We're we're friends. I, I know your kids' names, you know, mm-hmm. and I and I I know my kids' names. <laughs> it's the grandkids that I get messed up sometimes. But but I mean, we are in each other's lives. Yeah. We pray together. We 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 do life together. I I love this past week. We were um, with you guys in the love and unity prayer rally, prayer rally and yeah. I don't know if. If we have a picture, it'd be great of, of us praying for the police officers yeah. in, in the town of Herndon. Just an amazing experience. And, mm-hmm. but, but that's something that you guys put on, Life Ticket Church. And we were there being part, and it just felt so wonderful to be part of these things. And um, so uh, I, I noticed something else on Sunday that I found interesting. Um, I'm falling in love with your churches. Mm-hmm. with the people in your churches. I mean, we're getting to be friends, and, and, and I love what God's doing. And so, so we're coming at this now as pastors, as friends, and, uh, and we have a special guest today. So, Jeffrey, I'm going to let you introduce our guest, and then we're going to take off and have some great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so looking forward to getting into our discussion today, and we have with us an extraordinary gentleman that I just was able to meet just a few weeks ago through a mutual connection in our church, Mary, um, Charles, Mm -hmm. shout out to you, Mary. Mary. Thank you for bringing us together. And we had coffee a couple of weekend, a couple of weeks ago and, uh, just sat there for, I don't know, hour and a half, two hours and got to know one another. And I knew immediately that, that Charles was a remarkable guy and that our meeting was not just by chance, but it was the beginning of what was going to be a a long time friendship. And, uh, I'm just thankful for that, and uh, I knew we I kind of found out what he did, and as we were discussing, kind of jumping into this next phase of uh, our discussion, my mind immediately went to Charles, and I knew that he would have so much to bring to this conversation, so I'm going to let him introduce himself, sure. because he could do it a whole lot better than I can. Sure. He is a child psychologist who works for the Loudoun County Public School System, has done that for about 13 years now. Mm-hmm. And he's also written a few books and done all kinds of things. Musician extraordinaire, blah, blah, blah. Like, just bionic man, I guess. Like, you do it all. <laughs> Not at all. But Not uh, at all. introduce yourself, and we'll jump right in. Charles, sure. thanks well, for being great here. Great to be here with all of you. I am Charles Barrett. I'm a school psychologist in Loudoun County Public Schools, as Pastor Jeff said. Uh, great to be here with all of you. Um, I've known Pastor Dorian for a couple of years. We met some years ago through another, uh, when I was playing for a church, he came and spoke yeah. right before you started Life Ticket, and I met Pastor Greg uh, yesterday through a Zoom call. So happy to be here, happy to contribute to this uh, discussion, this dialogue, happy to share my experiences, um, not only as a psychologist, but really as a child of God growing up in church. I was sharing yesterday that my dad's a preacher, grandfather pastor for many, many years. So looking forward to this. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the things that really uh, 
struck me and it was so eloquently put the way we had a discussion yesterday i think mm-hmm. it was on the zoom call um so at our church we're predominantly black church and um when everything transpired recently my immediate thought was okay we need to pray ask god what do we do mm-hmm. and then we need to just move into like a solution mode like yeah. how can we be a part of the solution and there were two areas that i felt were were impressed upon me by mm-hmm. God. One was how do we bring the the community together and build better relationships with the police department, mm-hmm. um, the local law enforcement, and which led to the love and uh, unity prayer rally that we had. Uh, which to God be the glory. It was it was an awesome time. But in all of that, uh, there was a huge lesson learned for me, and you you brought this out in the in the conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Is that sometimes we can be so quick to get to a solution yeah. and be a part of the answer that we miss out on the the pain that people are experiencing and that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. uh with me and with our church is that we have people in our church right now today that are that are in pain that um have had horrible experiences mm-hmm. um with law enforcement some of them have never had a good encounter with law enforcement so even though what we did was uh, was led by God, and it was certainly to God be the glory what we were able to accomplish. Yeah. We missed an important step, mm-hmm. um, and you brought that out on, on, on the uh, the call. So I don't know if you want to speak to that a little bit more. Sure, sure. Yeah, but let yeah. me interrupt first just to Please, add yeah. this, because for those of you that aren't quite getting what we're saying, uh, the four of us are husbands. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and we do this all the time. Yeah. Our, our wives will express a, a concern or something yeah. they're feeling, and I jump into fix-it mode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fix it, and I get in trouble every time, and it doesn't matter what it is. I, mm-hmm. I, I just need to just stop yeah. and, and listen. And, and I, I know that that sounds – and that's, that's a, a, a relationship mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think what, it, it does help to explain a little bit of what we're talking about, sure. and this is at a much greater level. Sure, so, yeah. sure. No. Yeah. I, I think it's a great point. First thing I'll, I'll, um, I'll offer is that these dialogues and discussions are actually even more meaningful because there is genuine relationship. So I think yeah. the three of you have the currency to speak to each other honestly. If there is a misstep or a mistake which happens in these types of discussions, there's at least um, the grace of relationship to kind of cover that um, fault or you know temporary failure. But to get to your question, sir, um, I see it all the time, even working with parents, um, teachers, and schools, is that you know we as professionals, you know, we have the answer. So we come to a meeting, and parents are sharing their stories about you know, child difficulty with behavior or academic functioning, and before we validate where the parents coming from, before we validate the teacher's frustration, we're off to well, here's the answer. Mm-hmm. And I think people aren't looking for the answer. They want to be heard first. Do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? So I think in this racial um, climate, um, folks don't want to wallow in their you know, hurt and disappointment, frustration, but they do want to be validated that my anger, that my um, um, just total um, disgust sometimes with the system is is warranted. I think if we move too fast to, we'll just do this, or we can march, we can protest, um, all noble, all necessary, but I think we miss the point 
of really validating that what you're feeling is legitimate, it's real, we hear that, and then almost sitting with that for a season, and then we work with them to also inform you know, how we move forward for, for real restoration, real healing. I think that even you know in, in scripture, from a more spiritual perspective, we talk a lot about reconciliation, talk a lot about restoration, but that's a process, and I think before people uh, feel true repentance or feel truly that um, people have asked for forgiveness in some senses, we can't get to you know, kind of be reconciled um, and restored uh, if that process has been, been overlooked. That's so good. I, I think for me, as, as a white man, mm -hmm. I need that so much because I don't want to speak for all white people. I know these conversations can get a little bit difficult and yeah. hairy because you know some people think well that's not me I, but please hear what I say like I think there is a general sense in which well meaningful white people such as myself who see the problem mm -hmm. they want to move on to solution they want to fix it mm -hmm. um, and so maybe unintentionally it can come across to people of color that well you're not grieving with me like you're, you're just you're just wanting to let and we've all heard, I mean, I've heard this at least. Well, we need to forget about that. That's in the past. Mm -hmm. Instead of dealing, and it reminded me of a scripture as we were thinking through this conversation mm -hmm. that I'll just read very quickly um, out of Psalm 137. And it was written in a time where God's people, Israel, um, had been taken from their homeland mm -hmm. by the Babylonians. They had, The Babylonians had conquered them, leveled their um, their cities, enslaved them, brought them back to a strange land. And it's there that they write these Psalms of lament. And mm. in Psalm 137, um, it says, Beside the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. We put away our harps, hanging them on the branches of poplar trees. And this is what I thought was so profound, at least it was convicting to me. Mm -hmm. The next verse, the writer says, Our captors demanded a song from us. Mm. Our tormentors insisted on a joyful hymn. Mm. Mm. Sing us one of the, those songs of Jerusalem. And then in verse 4, he says, But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a pagan land? Yeah. And I, when I read that this week, it just wow. struck me as so powerful that, that it's, I need to be conscious as a, as a white pastor and as a, mm. just a white man that, that I'm not, I don't come across in a way that looks at people that have experienced generational oppression mm -hmm. and say, well, sing those sing, songs sing of joy. Song. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, sing slavery's over, right? Yeah. Let's mm -hmm. sing. And, and yet there's this part of them is like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. There's still all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it reminds me of a time almost four years ago. I was at one of my schools and the students were very upset about the larger climate politically. Um, and they had some ideas about what they wanted to do. Now, some they couldn't do, it just wasn't you know, school policy, but they had some valid concerns about what they wanted to highlight you know, at this time. Mm -hmm. And one of the teachers, uh, who I think meant well, said, well, let's just celebrate differences. You know, let's sell kind of like a multicultural fair or something and celebrate you know, who we are. And they were totally offended by that mm -hmm. because for them it wasn't time to celebrate. Yeah, it was time to hear that this is not cool. This is this is hurtful. Some of our fellow classmates mm -hmm. and our our um, our families, um, and moving too quickly to celebration of yeah. diversity 
wasn't what they yeah. wanted. You yeah. know, the right. the idea of really again validating um, the long history, which even isn't that long ago for some people. No. You know, we were talking 60, 70, 80 years in some places. People could still be alive or have grandparents. Yeah. They experienced that. So we're not even that far removed from these experiences. Um, but it, it's so important. I think it also helps, as you were sharing, Pastor Jeff, that it also helps to prevent the unintentional consequence of a white savior. Mm-hmm. So if, if mm-hmm. we're, you know, talking about these things as a white individual, you want to move to action, which is certainly um, appropriate too fast or prematurely without kind of coalition building with people of color. It almost centers you as the person fixing it without, yeah. you know, my input or my collaboration in, in that process. So it's, it's just a, a tricky thing, but I think slowing down this kind of listening. I, I think the, the term you used was um, listen to learn and then love in action. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that correct? Listen, learn, love, and act. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, listening to learn is such a, a healthy thing. You know, you've seen it. We've all seen it on Twitter and Facebook. All these posts about anti-racism and allyship and all those. And I think it's great. Um, but I think sometimes even in that, we're not listening to the right people who have history, who have experience, direct experience with it, um, and then it, it does become a bit performative. You know, look at me, I'm an anti-racist, um, rather than really engaging in the work. And the work is listening. It's learning to really help know how to best move forward. I love how you mentioned the the pace and you talk about yeah. slowing things yeah. down, yeah. Um, which really, for me, what I'm learning in regards to timing, mm-hmm. uh, because my response, I looked at it as, this is an opportunity to be a bridge mm-hmm. and be a solution. Mm-hmm. And so my response was to have these uncomfortable conversations yeah. with white people mm-hmm. that yeah. don't understand what's going on. And mm-hmm. I've had a lot of them, uh, yeah. uh, especially lately, that don't understand, like, help me understand, you know, Black Lives Matter. Help me understand, you know, why is everyone so angry? And I've shared some history with them and, mm-hmm. and pointed things out. And most of those conversations were productive. Mm-hmm. But what I missed, and I'm speaking in regards to timing, yeah. is that... Though, while those conversations are needed, mm-hmm. I need to have conversations with the people in, in the black community, mm-hmm. my black brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. to hear from them. Correct. And so uh, this has been a, a, a huge um, learning opportunity for me, uh, even though, you know, heart's in the right place yeah. and, you know, have good intentions. Um, but now that I'm beginning to kind of rewind and see that mm-hmm. we need to have that. I mean, like I said earlier, there are people who have black people who have never had a good encounter with law enforcement um, who have always had a bad run in and there's a history too Mm -hmm. through the family and so uh, I love the fact that you point that out that the timing the pace taking the time to really listen and to hear there's a concept we we talk about a lot in equity trainings and things like that in schools and it's intent versus impact Um, so the intent could be great but the impact of moving too fast at times has a much different consequence, although we intend, you know, to be helpful. Yeah. So mm-hmm. great point. It's so good. It, good. It, it, it just reminds me to what you what we're talking about here is so good, and I think it goes to the heart of uh, of some of these discussions we find in society right now. Things that I'm learning, certain haven't learned completely. I've, I've got a long way to go, but um, you know. 
you mentioned if we're not careful, we as white people in our effort to, to bring about whatever mm -hmm. or in our effort to just make a point mm -hmm. because we're used to everybody listening to us when we talk, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, we want to argue over semantics and again, we come across as white saviors mm -hmm. if we're not careful. And, you know, even that term has been co-opted to yeah. some degree. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think there's a real validity to that. And I, 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 one obvious thing that I've run into through this whole process is the whole Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Just those three words mm -hmm. um, that, you know, are used. And, you know, I started using it because I... I believe in the sentiment, mm -hmm. black lives matter. Mm -hmm. And of course I got pushed back, you know, I had people direct messaging me and mm -hmm. do you know what the organization black lives matter stands for? It's completely anti-American and you know, they want to get into the political way. And look, you know, I'm not going to speak for everybody up here. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of agendas that the quote unquote organization black lives matter promotes mm -hmm. that I don't personally agree with. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean that I don't agree with the sentiment no, black that matter. black lives Absolutely. matter. Mm -hmm. And I said to one person that was giving me kickback on this, um, you know, and this is just the way I feel. I'm like, you know what? I, I think we as white people have dictated long enough to black people what is right and acceptable mm -hmm. and what they can say on their behalf. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if black people choose to you know, stand up for their rights mm -hmm. and express their pain through those three words. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to step in mm -hmm. because I see that as a form of white, like, well, we're not going to let you say that. That's yeah. not acceptable. Right. Instead of stepping back and say, no, we need to listen and, 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 yeah. and allow ourselves to be led by mm -hmm. our black brothers and sisters in this. If, if, if I think if people understood mm, the the sentiment of Black Lives Matter yeah. and where it came from. It came from when Trayvon Martin, young black kid in Florida, was killed exactly. um, unarmed and his killer um, was acquitted. You know, mm -hmm. So no penalty, whatever. Um, that's how the movement started back in 2013. But really, Black Lives Matter assumes you know what it's, what it's responding to. to yeah. Yeah. So it's really Black Lives Matter also, or Black Lives Matter too, yes. because it, it didn't come out of just what well, we matter. It, we matter because we are being devalued. Exactly. We are being right. dehumanized more than other people. Right. Um, so it, it's not to, to minimize other people. Right. It's I'm here as well, and I deserve to walk in my community and get home safely, or be stopped by the police and get home safely. We matter as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I think when when people move quickly to the all lives matter it, it misses the point actually reinforces why yeah. you have to say black lives matter yeah yeah, yeah. because, because if we truly are if it truly is all lives matter mm -hmm. if there if there is a people group within that all mm -hmm. that are saying wait a minute we feel like we don't we don't mm -hmm. then if i truly do believe all lives matter and i'm not part of that people group mm -hmm. I want to listen to. I, I need to listen to them. It's my responsibility at that point to say, "Well, what what do you have to say to me? I want to hear what you have have to say." But it shows when individuals have the privilege to do that. It also highlights that at at, at this point you're not being centered in this discussion, and that's right. uncomfortable. If the world listens to me when I show up, when I speak, but now it's someone else 
has the focus that's uncomfortable but I think again it underscores the reality yeah. of black lives do matter and when there's such um, such pushback it just just again reinforces why we have to say that in the first place so so we are mm-hmm. so far off script yeah <laughs> as usual <laughs> and, and I think we need to plant here for a moment mm-hmm. uh, yeah. more than a moment mm-hmm. I'm okay with being off script yeah uh, mm-hmm. I did not expect this conversation to come up today mm-hmm. Um, this is a difficult conversation, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but I want to I, I want to start back at the rushing through the process thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lead a predominantly white church, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, I you know we we have maybe twenty percent of our church would be. Uh, black, and then we have Hispanics, and that's pretty much the, the makeup of our church. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that many of us who have not struggled see solutions differently. Like, we can fix this. We can get in this. Mm-hmm. We can jump here. We can help. And, <clears throat> yeah, maybe... But here's what I've experienced, and I'm, I'm, and Dorian, I'll be interested to hear your take on this as well, because it'll be a little bit different. Um, I want to come back to Black Lives Matter in a moment, but um, we've been at this for, uh, I think, four weeks as, as a panel, and then for some of us, a couple weeks prior to that, we, this is, I mean, we're locked in here. Mm-hmm. I am just now starting to get some response and some uh, more than affirmation, um, thank yous from black people in our church. Just now, I mean, we're, we're for us, it's six weeks, mm-hmm. right? And just now, they're beginning to say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you guys are actually talking about this, mm-hmm. that we've gotten this far. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, white brothers and sisters, week one, we're ready, okay, let's, let's, let's go do this and let's do this and we can, we can fix this. But we're just now starting to connect. Yeah, yeah. And I, where are you guys with that, Dorian? Because yeah, because you're you're probably a total opposite. Yeah, yeah. And I've and I've shared a little bit about this. Um, it really has been um, it's been difficult. I'll say that first of all. Um, been thinking a lot about just being in a pastor role, being in a leader role. Uh, and uh, I was thinking about it this morning, like you know, pastors are people too, mm-hmm. right? Um, but for, for our church, I get it. Like there is, uh, our church again, being predominantly black, there is a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. And there's a saying that I remember people would say, you don't want to be so spiritually minded that you're no earthly good. And I think sometimes we can be so spiritually, I know me personally, so spiritually minded that in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Jesus paid it all. He paid the price. He said the Holy Ghost. We got the power of God. You know, whatever comes our way, we just run straight through that wall and we're more than conquerors and we get over it. And so there's kind of that, not only the mindset of like, let's fix it, but in the, in the terms of timing Mm -hmm. and and the time, the process that it takes, uh, sometimes I would look at it and see it that way, that Mm -hmm. we just go straight through it. And I've realized in regards to your point, um, the response from from our church is that we need more time uh, to share uh, and then to show that we care mm-hmm. and get to a place where we can comfort 
and get to a place where we can heal. And I think sometimes as a pastor, as a believer, uh, we could be so spiritually minded that I would look at that person and say, look, you know, you're healed. You're, you, you know, God has healed you. But on the inside, they're still in pain. So we have to minister to the whole person, not just the spirit, but the soul and the body. And that and right now for our church, that's what we what I have experienced. So it hasn't definitely and this is no secret. So me saying this, it has not been a positive response. Uh, hardly, I would say the percentage of, of positivity responding even to these conversations is very minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as to the the, the uh, prayer rally that we did. But I understand it. I, I understand where that the pain is. And as we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. that we need time to process and work through that to healing. Mm-hmm. So that, that's um, that's sad to hear. Yeah. And we should be sad. Yeah. It's sad to, for me to know that there are people who feel so marginalized in our church that they can just now begin to talk about this. Yeah. And. So the last thing that you, you, you ever, you guys are pastors, we've done funerals. People say the dumbest things to the families of people who have died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, you'll get over this soon. Mm-hmm. Or it, just dumb stuff. Yeah. Right. We've got to, we've got to think through this. Yeah. We, we have to, you, that's why the, the, the term Black Lives Matter just, I've I've embraced it. Uh, you know, I'll just say I've embraced it. Mm-hmm. Not it, this is not a political thing. I don't. I'm not worried. I don't have fear about what yeah. what some political group's going to do. I I mean, Jesus is Lord, right? right. So I'm exactly. not worried about that. Exactly. If I have four children, which not if I do <laughs> four children, I know their names. Don't lose count of them. <laughs> and if one of my children was in dire straits, living with pain, living with with oppression, living with, with uh, who am I? What am I? It, it just having that sense of fear. And, yeah. and do you think I'm going to sit around and say, well, the other three matter? No. No. This kid's getting all of my attention. Yeah. They're getting everything I can give them mm-hmm. because while everybody matters... This person matters to me the most right, right now. now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'd be a bad dad if I if I thought anything else. Yes. And so I have no problems with this because the God is crying mm-hmm. yeah. over this. Yes. Yeah. He's crying over this. Yes. Black Lives Matter, there's actually a spiritual or biblical maybe precedent for it. And it's mm-hmm. the parable of the lost sheep. And when Jesus has, you know, the uh, 100 sheep out there, but one is lost, he leaves the 99 and goes and finds the one. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is this one sheep is just as valuable as these other 99. But that day, that one sheep mattered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe more than the 99 who were safe. Yeah. So I think, you know, how we even, you know, I'm not not a minister. Not a preacher. Yes, you are. You're preaching right <laughs> now, man. Good. <laughs> Been in church all of my life. Um, I found that how we read scripture, how we interpret that kind of the, the lens we bring to it, um, doesn't form how we see the world. Um, but when I thought about you know, what you were saying, Pastor Greg, it brought my mind to if people want some biblical justification, Christ did it. 
you know, he left the 99 and this one sheep mattered more that day mm. because they were in danger. Mm. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Man, I tell you, I, I feel like we need to have a part two to this because <laughs> there's no way we can just cover everything. But I, I, I love if we are ending on this note. Uh, I'm just reminded of how Jesus loves us. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that point about the, the 99 and the one sheep, um, the word of God lets us know that heaven rejoices oh, more Lord. over that, over the That's one. It. And so we should all be, you know, mm-hmm. to the point we shared earlier, we should all be rejoicing mm-hmm. for this door that's been opened for us to to be about our father's business mm-hmm. and to to live out the, the gospel. Yeah. 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 It's so good. Wow. Um, there's so much more to discuss with this. I think I think we should let this sit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm just going to uh, implore all of the people of Destiny Church, and and I'm I'm sure these guys will will share the same sentiment. In fact, maybe you should. Um, I I just want us to to just stop, stop. Let's 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 get rid of all the political garbage. Let's let's let's. Do away with all of our thoughts about monuments and police and everything else. And let's do what we are supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of those things is to just listen and to learn. Um, you, you talked, uh, Jeffrey, about weeping. You know, the, uh, God Spells like one of my favorite musicals of all time. And that song just rings in my my brain since you brought it up. You know, on the willows there, we laid up our lyres. Yeah. They wanted a song from a spiritual song from us, and how can we sing? Yeah. How can we sing? My question would be to our church: How can we just come week after week, come listen on. to sermons, come stand on. up and, and and sing and have a great time and walk out the door and have this huge, huge, huge problem mm. in right in front of us, mm. and mm. we walk away from it mm. and ne- come back next week and we do it all again? Mm. It has to end. Mm. Yeah. This has to end. Mm. And if we don't think it exists, then get on your knees and ask God to please break your heart because your heart is too cold. Mm. Yeah. And, and you're, we're just missing this as a church. Yes. I, yeah. I, I, you know, a passage of Scripture, be happy with those who, who are happy. Mm-hmm. Weep with those who are weak. Live in harmony with the, each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Come on. That's just... This is break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jump in, guys, yeah. or I'm going to go I, I, I say, say something I shouldn't yeah. say. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm City Hills. Please hear this because I, I think if we're not careful, um, yeah, we'll probably at some point in these discussions get to this. But if we are not careful, um, we will let. We talked about this a little bit in week one. We will let the church's voice be silenced and drowned out. Because so many times we have traded our prophetic voice for a political voice. Mm-hmm. And please hear me when I tell you there are keyboard warriors out there that they would much rather try to prove a point politically than step back and seek the heart of God oh, and throw out all of Republican, Democrat, throw out all the elephants and the donkeys, get all that junk that we've allowed 
to um, polarize us and, and, and hold the church hostage. And I do believe with all of my heart that it is an attack uh, and a strategy of the enemy, that if he can get the church fighting politically, we'll shut our mouths prophetically. Mm. And all this stuff just keeps going on. Because for this to end, I think we've talked about this, the church has to lead the way. We need change in legislation. We've talked about that. We've had experts on and talked about that. We need systemic changes within the system. But the church has to step up. Yeah. And the church, to me, this is just a non-negotiable in the church. Like, we have to step up and understand that, that the body is fractured. That there is, that there is a hemorrhaging in the body of, of Christ. There are people that are hurting and that are broken, and how dare I, if I truly do believe that all lives matter, how can I look at someone that is supposed to matter by my own admission and say, you be quiet over there? Because your pain, I don't, I don't feel your pain. You, why are you feeling pain? Like we have to as a church, and the same with you, Pastor Greg, I implore you, and I'm, I'm so glad we're doing this. I, you know, I don't think we need to rush through this. Charles, you said it and gave us scientific evidence to back it up. Like, we've got to figure this out because for too long, for too long, the church, it's happened on the church's watch. We've talked yeah. about that. And yeah. we have to be part of the solution. Let, let me just say to uh, both to Life Ticket Church, but also even to, to the black community, uh, shared this, I think, in, in week one. I had to really search myself and ask myself why not until now has something hit my heart and struck me in the way that it has now since Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd. I mean, of course, there has been protests before and we've all hashtagged before and, and done things before, but why has it taken to this point for it to prick my heart? And I just want to speak to all of the black community as well as the Life Ticket Church is that now is not the time for us to be divided but now is the time for us to come together and to hear and to have real conversations with one another. It's time to put away the Facebook fights and the Instagram wars and the Twitter fights and let's come together so that we can, one, hear from each other and so that we can get to a place of healing. And I know not everybody's healed and some people still feel like there's a knee on their neck and still feel like they cannot breathe. Mm. But now is not a time to, to point the finger or put someone down because of how they feel or where they're at. But it's a time to be the love, to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ. And so I just want to encourage that anybody that's watching this, whether you're part of our church, black or white or not, that now is the time for us to demonstrate that love, the love of Jesus Christ. And I, I'm committed to it. You know, I don't I'm not going to pretend, I think maybe Pastor Jeffrey said this in the beginning, I'm not going to pretend to say all the right things. Uh, I'm going to say some of the wrong things. I'm going to do some things too quickly or maybe not do things the way they always need to be done. But one thing I've committed to is that I am here, uh, that we are here. We're not going to turn our backs. We're not going to run and hide. We are here. We are committed to being and demonstrating the love of Jesus Christ. And uh, I know uh, for the people that have watched the past three weeks, you've seen uh, Pastor Jeffrey, Pastor Greg, and myself have these conversations, and it may look like that we're three pastors here, but what you don't see behind the scenes is that the relationship that we have extends far beyond 
uh, being pastors and far beyond having um, churches that we lead. But these are, are two people that have been in my life that have been a blessing to me, been a blessing to my family, uh, have been a blessing to 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 my children. Uh, even came. I mean, Pastor Greg drove a couple of hours to c- come to my mother's funeral. Um, it was the only white person, I think, in I the church. Yeah, I was, uh, in the church when we had the funeral. <laughs> that was a fun day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as long as they had the B three organ. Yeah, play, he, man, I was like, mm. he said he walked out. He said he just loved being in the black church. But I, I want to point that out is that I understand not everybody can have these conversations, and it may look like it's like formal or maybe even superficial because you don't understand that there's real, genuine relationship here. Uh, so my prayer is that we can all get to that place with someone that does not look like us, someone other that does not come from our background. But I also understand that we can't even get there if we can't do that within our own community, within our own family, and then within our own community. So I want to encourage you all to open up your hearts and allow God to demonstrate love through you. And I'll, I'll just you, add, you go, and, and you can close it out. I just okay. want to add something real quick to bring it back around. And thank you for sharing that, Dorian. Mm. Um, uh, bring it back around to, to the scripture that you read out of Romans there where he ended by saying, don't act like you know it all. And I would just implore, you know, my family, this is for myself as well. I've, I've thought on this the last few days. Um, and, and please don't, again, back to the whole keyboard warriors and don't let your life be about making a point. Right. Let it be about making a difference. Mm. And there's a big difference between those two. Yeah. And I don't know if there is any more perfect definition of the height of arrogance when we can take an issue like this that is a generational problem for centuries and feel like that me and my one little isolated perspective has the answer. Mm. That I've figured it out and everybody needs to listen to me and let me tell them what the right answer and solution is to this. I don't know if there is any more arrogance than that. So if we could, I just beg you, just please stop trying to make points for a little bit. We're not trying to make points, I don't think. I mean, we're making, you know, some points in in that one regard, but we're not trying to get to a solution. Uh, We're we're on this for four weeks now in this discussion. And... Nobody's offered any practical solutions because we're trying our best, uh, and I'm sure we get it wrong um, sometimes, but we're trying our best just to take a posture, learn and listen, and don't act or think or be so arrogant to think that me and my one little narrow speck of time that I've lived on this extremely complex planet, that I have the answer to all this. Yeah. Well, I do better to listen. I think the, you know, just my closing thought would be this. Um, the white church can't fix this. No. The black church can't fix this. What I've realized, this is something I've realized. We can't do it without you. Yeah. We are weak as a white church. We are weak without the black church. Yeah. yeah. We, we are not complete. We aren't together. We, we we don't all the we don't have all the pieces. We're just you know it, it's it, we are dependent, absolutely dependent on each other. Yeah. And by ourselves, I think 
we'll never we'll never see what God wants to do. Mm-hmm. We've got to get to that point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Charles, gosh, there's so much that, that I know. I wrote it we all gotta down. We got to get you back. You got to get him back. Absolutely. You, you said get... one thing, and here I'll we go. Like... You got all us pastors <laughs> preaching, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'll but be here. Good, good. We're going to have you back because I I got Please. like four more pages of things we got to talk about. Absolutely. Um, I want to pray. Yeah. Today, Lord, thank you so much. Um, for these precious moments. Uh, Lord, um, we, we've said some things today that I think are radical. They're, they're just truthful. They're, they're painful to even discuss in some ways. And Father, we, we want this to be fixed. But Lord, we'll do anything, anything that you ask us to do to to find wholeness to find healing to find uh, reconciliation to, 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 to bring about the healing that is needed I pray Father that, that um, as we go through this process even this, this next week as people are driving or whatever they're doing and they start to think about these things I just pray Lord you would break us that you would break the bondages, break the, it, just break the barriers, the stuff that has gotten in the way. I, I do pray, that as, as Jeffrey mentioned, that we would quit posting and, and quit throwing out suggestions and opinions, and that we would just listen, listen to you, listen to the the cries of the people who have been so hurt, and Father, that we would listen to lives that don't feel like they matter that much God would you break us would you break us oh Lord may we never be the same would you break the hardness in your church would you come against the evil spirits that have aligned themselves because of our disunity Lord would you break those chains would you break those bondages that, that keep us in this ugly place and I pray that we would experience freedom and joy and love and healing and restitution and and Lord that, that your people could become whole the dream of the body of Christ and I pray this in Jesus name Amen Amen We love you guys We'll see you next week